This is the Tribune Talk podcast with Trussell Tribune publisher Scott Petrum and former city councilman Zach Steele discussing local news and politics. Hey everybody, welcome to Trib Talk podcast. Zach and Scott are back for another week of uh, self-inflicted torture. So Scott, <laughs> uh, so Scott, you got to see the Elvis movie. Tell me about it. Uh, how good was it? Uh, it? It was. It was. Um, I think. It, I think it lived up to the billing. And um, I, I think I've told a lot of people. Everybody knows I'm an Elvis fan, or a lot of people do. But I, I've, I have despised every movie made about Elvis <laughs> since his death because they've just all been absolutely horrible. This one was outstanding from beginning to end. Uh, I mean, it went well over two hours, and it seemed like it kind of flew by. Yeah. Uh, they really did a good job of identifying hidden highlights, and and the I, I thought all the actors in the movie were outstanding. I highly recommend it. It was number one at the box office last week. Knocked off Top Gun, surprisingly. So they, um, they Tom Hanks. I saw when I was when I was watching the Top Gun movie. I, they had the preview to Elvis. Tom Hanks looked so different. They, I mean, that's not one of those like he did for uh, Castaway, where he lost. <laughs> 50 pounds to do it like he he this was all makeup right yeah it, that, that's my understanding i've seen a couple of interviews he's done and i think it is um all makeup that they did but he really does and here's the thing everybody knew who colonel uh, colonel tom parker was but i don't i i mean i'd heard a couple of interviews and his his accent kind of jumped off at me because i just reading about him growing up i didn't expect that but um he does have a very strong accent, and I think Hanks picked up on that. Of course, Tom Hanks, arguably one of the great actors of our time, yeah. um, maybe may the greatest. Anytime, um, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just that good. But he he really nailed the part, and um, this was kind of from Tom Parker's standpoint, who, depending on who you're talking to that was close to Presley at, you know, during his life, um, Tom Parker was either Satan reincarnate, uh, or he was Elvis's angel. You yeah. know, and and the truth is, and and I think Tom Hanks portrayed this really well. He was he was probably something in between. Yeah. Um, but he knew what he had, and he took full advantage of it for better or for worse. But but I, re- I do recommend the movie. I think anybody would enjoy it. Well, that's that's we're two for two on movies this summer, and I probably won't go see another one for yeah, another two years. Yeah, I mean, years. I'm gonna go see Top Gun because you recommended yeah, it. But that'll be the, I might go see Elvis because you recommended. That'll be the only one I see. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the Crawdads Sing. That was a preview of the Elvis movie, and that's got Alabama ties, doesn't it, Hannah? I think it may have been written by somebody in Alabama. Oh, it's. I don't. I don't know so, for sure, but. Uh, but it's, it's it can. I, I will say this. I, it's about a girl that grew up in the swamp. Um, mm-hmm. The previews gave me the willies. Oh wow! Yeah, I haven't heard. I mean, this. to the point that I'm like, I'm not sure I want to see that. In fact, I said I don't want to see that. <laughs> and then right after that, uh, Hannah or someone was was giving me some more background, and I'm like, ooh, now I might have to go see it. Um, but yeah, I might I might see that movie this summer too. Yeah, I'm not a big like horror movie, scary movie guy. I, I, I don't think it's that. I think it's I think it's kind of a thriller, psychological drama, thriller, suspense. Yeah. And it goes where it's like it interlinks from her past to her future, to 
All right, you probably can't hear her right now, but Hannah's yeah. explaining. We need to get Hannah out, a so. microphone. It'd probably make the podcast yeah. more interesting if Hannah had a we'll, microphone. We'll get her so next week, Hannah will be on mic'd up and be able to chime in whenever yeah. she wants. So, so and hey, before um, before we get into anything, I need to address last week because uh, <laughs> you do. Yeah, evidently somebody was upset. Um, so I want to. I, 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 I want to. Uh, Christy Jones and uh, Eve Santiago were invited to be here today to give me what for. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they were very unhappy with my comments. And, you know, let's be honest. We're not plowing new ground here. It's not the first time either of them have been unhappy with me, and it probably won't be the last. Same. But but here, the good news is neither neither of them stay mad long. Yeah. But um, they, they were invited, and and um, Christy has COVID, so I I hope hope she's feeling better, and. Um, and Eve might be at work. I don't know. We haven't really communicated with her. But the invitation stands. They can come and, and we'll mic them up and they can tell me where I'm wrong anytime they'd like to. But I do want to mention uh, and, and just, to, you know, to kind of preempt that, I, I was wrong. I, I said something about the president of Trustville USA, uh, Pickleball USA, uh, spoke to our Parker board meeting and he's, I said he's a um, Jack Leg from out of town, or something. To that. <laughs> I'm now being, being told that he is turns number one, uh, not a Jack Leg, <laughs> and uh, number two that he lives in Trussell, pays taxes here, and he's a contributing member of society. So um, I went back and looked at the information I got, and I, I just got to be honest. I think I misinterpreted what was what was said to me. I don't I don't think anybody was trying to mislead me. Certainly. Um, and I, I don't think anybody gave me bad information. I think the way it was worded, I kind of, I, I kind of um, took it the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, interpreted it incorrectly. And if he is from Trussell, and then yeah, his voice is as important as anybody else. I, I will address that a bit further, based on what we heard coming out of the meeting. Was that uh, they he was not keen on the site because it didn't have room for expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm assuming that is accurate information I'm getting there. If I'm assuming, if that, if that is accurate, um, I, I, if I were on the council and I had a vote, I, I would urge the mayor to go right back and build this in front of the senior center. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you why. Um, I totally support building a good facility for the pickleball community mm-hmm. uh, the, the, in our park and recs department. I, I, I really do support that. I think do too. A, think it's a good idea, um, but I, I'm, we, we've gotten into this thing before. We did it with disc golf, where somebody from the disc golf association. We we just asked them for some input, and I, I won't go back into the all detail the details of that. But this guy later he doesn't live in Trussell. I know that for a fact because I talked to him um, on the disc golf guy. But down the road something happened during the process, and he got angry, and. Uh, created a nightmare for the city of Trustville. Whereas had we never involved him, we wouldn't have had to go through that. He ended up delaying the program for months and months and months um, because he did something very, he just shouldn't have done. But anyway, uh, I, won't, I won't, in my opinion, he shouldn't have done it. That's uh, He felt differently. But anyway, I, I think that when Park and Rec or the city does anything, it should be focused on what's best for the city. Mm-hmm. And in this case, this guy, the pickleball guy, evidently does live in Trustville, so his, his voice is as important as mine or yours or anybody else's. But the reason that I'm not too keen on this, building this with the idea of expansion, um, number one, we, this is the city of Trustville. 
I don't think anybody wants to turn this into uh, the pickleball mecca of the world. Um, and if they do, then they should. that's a great private venture. They should go pursue that. But I, I grew up in the 60s, 70s, 80s. In the 70s and 80s, everybody and their brother was building racquetball and handball courts. All the YMCA started building them. They were popping up everywhere because guess what was the fastest growing sport in the world? It was probably racquetball. Yeah, and, and so has lacrosse and so has soccer. I've seen so many fastest growing sports in the world in my lifetime, I've literally lost count. But mm -hmm. um, you can now drive all over America and find the most original and unique uses for racquetball courts and handball courts that you'll ever see because hardly anybody plays anymore. Yeah. So I, I'm not interested in the city getting on, you know, trying to overbuild for this thing based on predictives that nobody knows where they're going to go. But I, I would say to the city, build what is best for Trustful, and if we decide we need new pickleball courts at some point down the road, we can deal with that then. I, 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 what, what this has probably produced is a delay. Uh, no, it's, it hadn't pro it's definitely produced a delay. Yeah. Um, how long that delay and where we end up with this, I don't know. Um, hopefully, I, I'm, I'm optimistic they'll figure something out and get them built. Um, I don't think it will be within the footprint of the Greenway, um, which I think is, is unfortunate, frankly. When you look at the Greenway and understand that it starts at Civitan Park, it, it ties in as it goes through the city, it, it pulls in the library, it pulls in multiple playgrounds, it pulls in multiple ball fields. Uh, it pulls in two gymnasiums. It pulls in the youth complex with soccer, baseball, softball, tennis, um, youth football. So all of this is designed through the Greenway. Uh, and the Greenway kind of connects all of these park and rec facilities, all except the Civic Center, really. I, I mean, there may be a couple of others that I'm not thinking of, but that's a very unique situation. And this would have put those pickleball courts right in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, it, it pulls in the library. It pulls in uh, the senior center, you know, and all of these things are connected by this greenway. Yep. So that would have been one more sport kind of in the heart of it. I think it would have been a good location for it. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen now because I don't, I don't think the council really has the stomach to argue about it. But um, I think, I think it'll get built. I think it'll get built somewhere, but probably not there. And that was probably an optimal spot um, that, you know, because of um, reasons that people offered. You know, I, I said a week ago, they, you you didn't you didn't like uh, well you didn't think some of the reasons were well. I'm sitting here looking at the email I was referencing when I said that I'm looking at it right now, and and there is absolutely nothing in here that holds water. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people kind of jumped on the bandwagon and you know, um, well turned it the other way. I, so I, now that I've I've explained, the only thing I was wrong about was this tea. Trustful pickleball USA guy. Um, I'm, you know, I'm sure that I've taken the steam. That's the only thing. I'm sure I've taken the steam out of uh, Eve and, and Christie's well, argument. They now agree with me that uh, that was the only thing I was mistaken about. I was completely right. And I did see Christie. She made a great video last week. I actually watched it live on her Facebook Live where mm -hmm. she was showing the tranquility of the Cahaba River is it rose through there, and that's one of her favorite spots. And I agree with Christy. It was very peaceful, very tranquil. Um, and and I, the only thing I could add to that is, you know what else was very peaceful and very tranquil at 6.56 a.m. in the morning when she was doing the video? 
the pickleball course because nobody was there playing pickleball. <laughs> so uh, Christy Daxler did an outstanding job proving that, you know, this, I was right all along. <laughs> and well, I, they probably, so, they, that's probably why they're not here today. Uh, so the, just, simple solution, to say uh, right. the simple solution to this is, is uh, build some new multi-purpose fields and put a couple of pickleball courts out there. That's the simple solution. I don't this think to you make can play pickleball hit. on a... No, I'm saying you build some pickleball <laughs> courts there. They're not, it, you know, you could... The, uh, I would, I, my, by this I point, mean, I would privatize park and recreation. <laughs> I just, I would lease it all out. CEO David Vincent to run it. And if I'm mayor, right. if I'm mayor of Trustful, I'm washing my can, hands of the whole we, thing. Can we? Okay, so uh, I hope that we're we're done talking about pickleball. I doubt it, but, but probably not. Yeah. Um, I think I agree with you. I think it will get built, and I think it probably will not be, get built on the Greenway. And I think that that will make the most percentage of people in this town happy. Yeah. Um, and and that's what you got to shoot for when you're in government. So is try to piss off the fewest amount of people you can. Yeah, so. I, I mean, you know, it's it's so many things happen. And when I, th this email that I, that was forwarded to Bill Cobb that I was copied on is from someone who's very involved with saving the historical district. Well, that's an issue that I've I've kind of always been on board with. Mm -hmm. But when I see this, I, I I just start you just start losing my ear to everything. You really do. Um, well, here's one of the things about this location, uh, and anybody involved with the history of Trussell, specifically this area, should know this. Mm -hmm. uh, this is where the Trussell youth baseball and softball fields were. The original ones. The original ones mm -hmm. for. Uh, as somebody who grew up playing on those fields said to me, look, Trussell's 75 years old. Those were ball fields on that property for a lot longer than they're not ball fields. On yeah. that so and this person was like, I, you know, I kind of thought it was just a continuation of the use if you put pickleball over there. It's always played ball in, in that area. So, um, you know, that's just the, the it, it's, it's always going to be something. It, it is always going to be something. It's it is always going to be uh, a court or a field not going where it's supposed to go, right. or a train blocking <laughs> intersection. Oh. <laughs> I got one of those pictures sent to me yesterday too. So, all right, moving on. Um, I think we uh, probably would need to get into some of this stuff on that 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 happened with the January sixth committee yesterday. Um, as much as you and I love talking about Donald Trump, uh, <laughs> I guess we got to get into it. So, um, so a 25-year-old uh, young lady testified yesterday, um, and now her name escapes me. Uh, Cassidy Hutchinson uh, was a staffer in the White House, uh, and. She spilled some beans um, on some things that happened, uh, her account of some things that happened. Um, and as per usual, uh, left-wing media says that it's, it's the gospel truth. Right-wing media says she is a uh, complete and total liar. Um, I think the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. I think some of the things that I saw her say was very credible, um, and some of the things that she has said have now been uh, refuted by some folks, um, uh, namely her, her 
her little uh, response about Trump trying to grab the wheel of the of the uh, I think they call it the beast, the big presidential limo mm -hmm. when he was told he wasn't going to the Capitol. Um, and um, the Secret Service has come out and said that didn't happen. Right. Um, and then what was the other thing? There was a, a note or something um, that was passed? Yeah, a draft of a statement or a tweet that was recommended to Trump. Uh, she claimed to have written it, and now the person who actually wrote it um, has come out and said, no, she didn't write that. I wrote it, and it's my handwriting. But I, I, I think, you know, in terms of January 6th, I think it's one of the few areas that, um, and, and you got, I don't know how many million people in the United States, you're never going to have any anything that everybody agrees on. But I think based on conversations I've had with people, things I've seen written, I think most everybody agrees that that just should never have happened. It should not, it shouldn't happen in this country. And it was a, it was a terrible event and, and hoping it's never repeated. Um, I think, and I'm not even going to say Democrats believe, because I, I think we're talking specifically about elected Democrats, okay? not not just rank and file people that vote Democrat. Okay. Um, I don't think there's, I don't think there's this overwhelming feeling among Democrat voters that we need to pursue, pursue, pursue this thing. Um, I, I think it's really just a handful of elected, not a handful, probably a lot of elected people that would like to pursue it. And, and I think just like we see with the Republican party quite a bit, that it's really more um, of an effort by congressional Democrats to control a narrative and build it into something that will be politically beneficial for them. I, I agree at, with that. At some point. Um, I think the way the committee is set up, that it's not, it's not built to find answers, it's not built to seek the truth, it's, it's, built, to, it's built to build or continue to build a, a narrative. Um, now, does that mean I'm totally uninterested with anything coming out of January 6th? No, I've actually found some quite interesting I, testimony I along to. the way. Yeah, I have to. Um, but I, I think yes, what we saw yesterday, and, and I think most people, as they heard this young lady testify, and I heard a little bit of it. I didn't listen to her full testimony, uh, but I had I had it on the radio as I was driving, so I heard, I heard you know, a good little bit. Um, I found it fascinating, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, and, and found some of the things she said, I, though I, I don't really think I found anything surprising by what she said. Um, you know, Mark Meadows kind of being out of touch and, and telling uh, other aides that were like, look, we got to go talk to the president and saying he doesn't want to do anything. He and he doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. You, you know, believe I, that? Yeah, I do. I, I do. I believe. Do you believe the part about... Uh about when I believe uh, Trump was perfectly content to let it roll. What about the part about Pence? When what part? Well, the the part when someone comes in and says, and I can't remember. I think it was White House Counsel um, comes in and says um, to Meadows, "We have to talk to the president. The vice president is in the building, and they are infiltrating the building, and they're chanting, hang Mike Pence' outside.'" Um, we need to talk to the president. We have to get this under control. And Meadows says to whomever that was that, well, sorry, I, I don't, there's nothing I can do. The president thinks that he deserves this, that Pence deserves this. Now, what did Pence deserve? I mean, what, what that means, I, I don't know. 
does, did he you know did he deserve did he mean that he deserved to have people saying hang Mike Pence or did he mean that that he deserves to be hanged? Well, I I, I don't I, I'm, I'm listen. I've I've seen nothing out of Donald Trump that would make me believe he thinks the vice president should have been hung. No, I don't I don't I don't think you know even his worst detractors could say with a straight face they believe that. Yeah. Um. And so you know what what he said now he believes. I, I think what we know about Trump is that when you when he does not perceive that you are toting his water anymore. Uh, he's going to turn on you. He's going to, yeah. And we'll I don't, cut you off at the yeah, knees. Yeah, I don't. It didn't matter if you were serving as attorney general. So why would it matter if you were serving as vice president? Yeah, or anyone for anyone, anyone in for his any, orbit right. for that. He was matter. he was ignoring tweets from his own children, saying you need to, dad, was. you need to do something. Yeah. Um, so you know there. Trump went to a bad place when he lost this election, and we can listen. We can debate whether or not. Everything was on the up and up in elections. I will tell you, at 61 years old, voter fraud has been around as long as I've been around. Now, there's a difference in there being voter fraud and there being enough voter fraud to overturn an election. I, I don't care if you're talking about running for dog catcher or running for president of the United States. Mm -hmm. there, there's probably somebody that cast an illegal vote in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, 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 several months ago, I had no trouble saying without hesitation, I have not seen anything that leads me to believe there was enough voter fraud to have changed the, the uh, election. At this point, I've seen enough to say I don't really know. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like there was enough out there to to overturn an election because you'd you'd be talking about with the electoral college. It would have there would have been done enough to overturn multiple states. I, I hadn't seen that. Okay, I don't. I don't. Well, and and so every. Uh, every judge in in all of these states that you mentioned, like Arizona and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, all agree with you that they don't they haven't seen enough evidence that Rudy, well, Rudy the, Giuliani and um, I can't think of the lady's the name judges, that they presented the they, judges that that they actually got in front of. Yeah, you know, uh, none of them saw enough. Yep. Um, to to overturn the election or or to to justify taking any action. Yeah. Right. So. I, but I would say that there is a caveat. These were actions filed within days of the election, okay? Mm -hmm. And a lot of the stuff that I'm saying I now question a little bit more than I did a few months ago are things that have come out in the ensuing months, not that came out in, in the ensuing hours or days. So I, I'm, I'm seeing stuff now that makes me wonder how bad was it, more so than whether or not it was enough. But I, I, do, I do have different concerns today than I did on January 7th. Uh, in terms of what took place, I, I, in my view, I still have not seen enough fraud to convince me that anything would change this election. What I'm more concerned about are the methods and ways voting was allowed due to the pandemic that are that is atypical, and I think things like that can open can open up <laughs> the door for different things. But that, that it is what it is, and it's in the past. And, and that's kind of where I started with this, and I'm going to make my point and let you go uh, back to it if you'd like. But to my point, January 6th is in the rearview mirror. And if we were truly trying to figure out what took place, I'd feel a lot better about this commission. I don't think that's their goal. I don't think they're making a genuine effort to well, find out what really took place. I think their goal uh, is— And I don't think a lot of people are all that interested. I, I think their goal is twofold. Number one, it's to uh, is 
to incapacitate Donald Trump to the point where he can't run again. I agree with that. Um, now, whether those whether those methods whether whether doing that is noble or patriotic or whether it is strictly political is a matter for debate. I'm sure it's a little bit from column A and a lot from column B. Okay, I think that. Um, I think that they would love to see Trump not run in 2024 um, for whatever reason they have. I also believe that the majority of Republicans hope Trump does not run in 2024. <laughs> I think you're probably right about that, too. Um, because it's just... Nobody needs that. Headache. It's just chaos. Nobody it, needs that. I mean, it was, it was chaos from the jump. And... Um, the, the problem is going to be, and I say the problem, I don't know that it's a problem or not, but, you know, there, there are voters out there who are just in love with Trump. There, there are. And, and, I and, think, and there are uh, a lot of Democrats out there, especially people who voted Democrat in Ohio and, and Pennsylvania that, are, that were Democrats up until Trump. Right. And they voted for Trump. Right. Um, and um, that's, that's the thing a lot of people a lot of people kind of don't think about or push to the side or choose not to think about is the fact that, that Trump's supporters are not necessarily your typical conservative supporters, his most ardent supporters. Mm -hmm. um, I think that they're just people that are fed up and people that have have not gotten as much out of out of life as they wanted to, um, and and they're fed up. They were fed up after Obama. They were they were probably fed up before that. They were probably you know fed up somewhere around Bill Clinton, George W. Bush time, and you know uh, people lost a lot of jobs in manufacturing due to to NAFTA and that giant sucking sound that Ross Perot <laughs> talked about, um, but. I think that it, that that Trump was um, Trump Trump was basically uh, a culmination of decades of disgruntlement from people. Is disgruntlement a word? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's it's. Uh, I, I think that's where he came from. And do I think he's dangerous? I think some of the stuff that that has has been. Uh, testified to um, by um, staffers and other people, and I'm not just talking about this, this young lady yesterday, I'm talking about people before that, and these are Republicans that have been Republican forever, that um, worked in the White House, that worked in Defense Department, um, that, that have told some pretty frightening stories. And to me, um, the guys, uh, the guys, not necessarily um, for the same representative form of democracy that you and I might be. So that's that's basically all I'll say about it. But um, uh, it, it's it's just scary times. I, I think quite a few of the people who supported Trump and, and a lot of people who support, still support Trump were as anxious for him to buck the Republican establishment as they were sure. for him to go after Democrats. Yeah. And uh, th th that's because there is a long-standing feeling among conservative voters mm -hmm. 
that uh, Republican elected officials, and I can name presidents just one after another after another, and congressmen, senators, um, that have gone in and spent more time appeasing the Democrats than standing up for what they claim they believe in. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why you saw support for Trump. People viewed him as somebody that they could vote for, and he would actually go into office and do what he said he would do. He did that. And, and I give him a lot of credit for that. I think it put a lot of people in shock. Um, I can speak only for myself and say that one of the reasons I was not terribly interested in Trump is I thought he had burned too many bridges uh, during the campaign. I didn't think he would do anything he said he would do. Didn't think he would be capable of doing anything he said he would do. And so I kind of sat back for four years a little bit in shock that he actually delivered because it's been a while since we've seen a president do that. Um, I also understood why people found him so distasteful, because I found him distasteful for some of the same reasons. But um, I think what we're looking at post-Trump is a group of potential presidential candidates, whatnot, that I think Republicans are increasingly looking at and saying, okay, this might be a candidate that will do what Trump did in, in terms of going in and not just straightening out the Democrats, but straightening out the Republicans uh, who have always been way too weak-kneed in the, in the eyes of a lot of conservative voters. And so I, I think with viable alternatives to Trump that he may not be as appealing a candidate to some conservative voters. Um, I'm not so sure that he's going to actually run and I'm less sure that he would be the Republican nominee if he did run. Well, that's another reason I think the January 6th stuff is probably, <clears throat> we're going to look back and say, well, it was kind of a colossal waste of time. It's a moot point. Yeah. That's what you think. Well, I think that... Um, uh, and, and by the way, I think a lot of Democrats are looking at it right now than looking at the polls, and they already feel that way. Well, I think that... As you said, most people aren't necessarily paying attention. And really, I hadn't paid much attention yeah. to it up until this week. Yeah, they've tried. I mean, uh, they ran one night at prime time. They hired an ABC News guy to be yeah. their producer. So I, I, one of the most interesting things I saw, and this was a couple of days ago, an MSNBC regular reporter for, mm -hmm. for MSNBC uh, telling the host that in the last week, She's talked to, ten, to two Democrats. Uh, she said, I can't give their names, ranking Democrats, who have, who have both said the same thing to me. Nobody gives a blank about January 6th. And they were expressing frustration that elected officials were spending so much time on it, thinking that would be a game changer for the midterms that is clearly not shaping up to be. Um, I think the game changers are the real things that are happening every day. Yeah in terms of um, gas prices, inflation, groceries, the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. I see these as the issues that voters are going to make decisions on in 22 and in 24. Yep. No, not, I, not, not um, the January 6th. Well, I think it's committee. important historically to document it. Um, because I, but, I'm, but they're not documented. Well, no. But, I, but it will be documented. And... Um, I'm kind of interested to see how history remembers this um, in, in 20, 25 years. 
Yeah. I mean, how, how are we going to look at this? And are we going to look at it and say, um, I mean, I think the consensus is we can all agree that it was a, it was a pretty terrible thing that happened. I, I feel like in 20 to 25 years, I'm going to be looking for my Geritol and my Depends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> your Geritol and your Depends. Let's hope not. And let's, if you are, let's hope we're not doing the podcast then. I will. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, so enough about January Th- Those 6th. of us who live January 6th really don't need to tell us, anybody tell us what happened. We yeah. saw what happened. Yeah, we saw what happened. So... Um, but, but the, the, the guts of it, I, I still think we don't know. And I think that there are certain people, there are certain people in this country who would like to know. And I, I, I think I, 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 listen, I'm not sure we don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, but, and I, I'm going to tell you why, because I don't think, I don't I really don't think it was some great orchestrated plan. I think we, I think we've seen enough coming out through the prosecution of the people who went into the Capitol, yep. I think enough has come from that that we have a pretty good idea what happened. And, and I know I, I've got a lot of friends on the liberal side of the aisle who would love nothing more uh, than video of Donald Trump on the phone with Proud Boys planning all this. Yeah, um, I, I think I think we already have a pretty strong suspicion that uh, the Proud Boys were a loosely organized group of idiots. No, I, I don't disagree that, with you there. Uh, were out there pretending to be soldiers. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they're the nutcase fringe that we see on the internet every day yeah. that uh, had convinced their little nucleus of a group uh, that they were going to overturn this country. Let me, let, let me, it, and a lot of them had military background, which to me makes it kind of comical. Um, anybody that's got a, not just a military background, but a military understanding, knows that you don't show up at an insurrection without guns. Yeah. And I think they found literally one gun, one person has been charged with with a gun crime um, for a weapon they had in their pocket or something. But um, I I really think what this was was a bunch of nutcases that maybe in their (laughs) minds thought they were going to march in and stop the certification, and they're idiots. You're not going to do that. I think that Trump associated himself with this Eastman guy, just a complete nutcase, literally making up political theory uh, as he went along. Hey, here's the good news. Nobody bit. No, literally nobody bit. Um, In fact, he was confronted very strongly, we know now, by Bill Barr and several others that just said, you're crazy. And none of this will work, and you know it won't work. Yeah. Uh, And you know the Supreme Court will not vote in favor of this. He even admitted one time, no, the Supreme Court was voting nine to nothing against it. Sure. So, you know, this, this were, and, and the, what made this all possible is you had a president who's wanted so desperately to believe that he didn't lose. He lost. Yeah. He lost. There's just no way around that. Um, the good news is, you know, democracy and, and people that we trust prevailed. Yeah. It did. Um, so, I think, so at this point, we probably ought to focus on getting gas back down to under $3 yeah. a gallon. Well, um, hopefully that will happen at some point. It, uh-huh. it's, I noticed it started going down a little bit. I was surprised that it, yeah, the prices I, have gone down heading towards the 4th of July. I, I, I paid uh, four thirty-seven yesterday, which was $0.12 cents down from the last fill-up. That's well, pretty good. That's pretty good, yeah. Well, um, so one last thing I wanted to touch on today, and it's a, it's a local thing. Um, and it just kind of came into my head last night, and I kind of wanted to get your opinion on it. Um, so 
Trustful is a municipality with, what's our population now? 26,000. We're, we're a shade over 25,000 people. No, we're over 26. We're over 26,000 yeah, people. Yeah, okay. So we're a shade over 26,000. Yeah. Um, as we stand right now, our city council has five members, and they are um, citywide at seats, large. at right. large seats. Right. So um, the, the question I had that I was thinking about last night was, should Trustful adopt what other municipalities have adopted and have uh, voting districts hmm. um, versus uh, a candidate being a citywide candidate? Would that be better for the candidates? Would it be better for the district? Um, and the other thing I was curious about was um, your opinion on should this city council add seats? Five, is five not enough? Is five too many? Uh, probably it, that's five's not too many, but is, is five not enough? Yeah. Should there be more? Well, in answer to your first question, um, I, I, I think the first thing that would be appropriate is just say I don't really have a strong feeling about council districts mm -hmm. one way or the other. I'd be whatever, whatever they dictate and decide, I'd be okay with it. I could give you pros and cons for both. Mm -hmm. uh, when they do go to districts, it, it, councils tend to be a little more territorial in terms of their, you know, the stuff of their district. Now, the good news is you can't get anything past your district without at least two other votes, right? So you, you do have to begin to listen to each other and, and, and you know, you, you may get your two votes, but they're going to expect something down the road. Are you willing to do that? So it does change. I think it would change the dynamic. Um, the downside of not having council districts is we probably have parts of Trustville that are really unrepresented. And, and I'll give you a key example. Uh, there's still a huge bottleneck traffic-wise on Chalkville Mountain Road as you approach the Highway 59, mm -hmm. Chalkville Road uh, intersection with 59 there. And I've had people say, and I believe they're probably right about this, well, there's not a single council member that has to drive home this way. And that's that's probably true. Council districts wouldn't necessarily change that, wouldn't guarantee a change mm -hmm. of, of the route they're taking, but um, it may it may give a little bit. But it would be in somebody's district. Yeah, yeah, it'd be in somebody's district that you could that you could go to and deal with. So I can see pros and cons. Uh, I've seen it work well in some communities. I've seen it work terribly in other communities. It really comes down to the people that you elect. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think either way it could work out okay. I don't, I don't feel strongly one way or the other. Um, the question, as to the question about adding council seats, I would, I would lean pretty heavily against that. Okay. Uh, we've got the city of Springville that the Tribune covers. They've got nine council people. Really? Yeah. They're, they're working now and having very open discussions about reducing that number. It's almost too many. Um, I don't know that more voices really helps. I, I, don't, I, th I think it really comes back kind of the, in the first question to who you're electing, you know, mm -hmm. whether or not it's beneficial or not. I think five is a manageable number. I think five people can get on the page together. I think that in, that becomes more difficult every time you add a number. I don't disagree with that. Um, the The flip side of that is when you've only got five, uh, how many times do you run into groupthink? Yeah. Where, well, we've all been on the council for a while together. We all are going to basically think the same way on on a subject and, right. and go from there. That's so, right. Um, and the good news is, every four years we can change them out if we don't like what they're doing. That's true. 
So though though it rarely happens. Rarely happens, <laughs> uh, but it, it but it does, and um, I, th I think that's probably the better well to, the way to deal with it. I I'm not big into recall elections and things like that. I mean, you voted, you, you should have done your due diligence. If you made a mistake in four years, you can yeah. change your mind. Yeah. Um, well, and those, I mean, I don't. That's ever, never happened in this town and I guess it I mean I guess most towns have that written into their code. Well some do recall. and some and quite a few don't. You know, the for instance Alabama has no recall in their state constitution. Mm -hmm. Um unlike California. And, and as much as I dislike the uh attorney general there, Gascon, and as much as I dislike their government, uh our governor, uh, Gavin Newsom, I also sit back and realize they have spent in Gascon's case, he was removed from office. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Newsom's already dodged one. Looks like they're going to push for another recall with him. I don't really think it's fair for elected officials to have to spend their four-year term fighting off recalls. I'd rather just go in and let them do their job. If you made a mistake, then fix it in four years. Um, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not big on that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not really either, and I think, I mean, it has to. It would have to be something pretty egregious for that right. to happen. Um, Trustful does have it in their municipal code, by the way, because it got emailed to me over all the pickle blasts. Yeah, I, <laughs> you shared that with me, and I did. I did think that was funny, but I just that, that's. I mean, it's a four-year term. Just yeah. you know, uh, again, um, and here's the other reason I have very little sympathy. I think we had 22% turnout in our last municipal election. Yeah. Okay, so if um, if you didn't, I'd be fine with a recall if it's only for people whose names are on the voter rolls as voting in the last yeah. election. That would be, that's important. But yeah. what they do is go out and find, you know, 5,000 names of people who didn't vote in the last vote. election, which is really easy to find. Yeah. Yep, that's true. Um, well, I guess we'll wrap up there. You got big plans for the fourth? Uh, you know, I, I've got big plans for the fifth. The fourth this year <laughs> is um, just another day in the way of my fifth. <laughs> so uh, I will, I, I'm probably right now I'm planning to cook some ribs on the fourth, hang around uh, the cabin and probably come back to Trustful that night um, because barring uh, the Lord intervening in a very special and miraculous way, I will have my first grandchild here on the 5th. And Excellent. That is, um, that is the day circled on my calendar. Damn, you're getting old, man. Man, not, I am getting old. And <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, um, I don't think I've looked forward to anything as much as I'm looking forward to this grandchild. I bet you. I, I know. I, I'm I pretty can, excited. I can tell you that my parents would prefer to see my, my children versus me at this point. So, um. <laughs> well, I, you know, my, my grandparents were a huge part of my life. And uh, I'm excited to have the opportunity to fill that role for somebody now. Well, I think it'll be great. And uh, I know that that child will be spoiled rotten in a couple of years, but you, uh, he, yeah. you, that's what grandparents that do. That child so. will be spoiled rotten in a couple of weeks. You just <laughs> let me get my hands on her. <laughs> All right, folks, that's it. We will see everybody next week. Happy Fourth of July.